Welcome to the 56th episode of the Game 4 Podcast. In this episode, still back in the office, we'll talk about games we'd like to see made from other games, swapping genres. I'm Adam. I'm Matt. And this is the Game 4 Podcast. Game 4 is a platform to help connect tabletop gamers and to help you get more out of your tabletop gaming. Matt and I are part of a software development and design company called Milkcan, and because most of the folks at Milkcan love tabletop games, we developed the Game4 app and launched it in early 2018. We launched this companion podcast in June 2019 to help tabletop gamers get more enjoyment out of their hobby. Due to the COVID-19 global pandemic, we hibernated the Game4 app in July of 2020 and plan to bring back a retooled version of the app for Android, iOS, and web when gaming in person is safer. Until then, we'll keep bringing you this podcast to help you get more out of your tabletop gaming. Yeah. We've, been, we've been working on the, on the app. We have been hardworking, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's that's good. I'm glad to, to see it. it. Not everywhere. I mean, like, things are getting better in the United States currently, but well, other countries... Well, they were getting better now. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but, so we're keeping an eye on not just that, but obviously overseas as well. And not just overseas too, but like over... Land, you know, like Canada, right. next Me- door, Mexico, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, but um, what uh, kind of things have you been doing since our last episode, uh, hobby related? Yeah, so uh, due to a scheduling mix-up, which happens, um, sure, does our uh, one, role- of the, one of the things we want to fix with right. uh, the Game Four app, exactly. Our mm-hmm. role-playing group, uh, instead of playing um, Pathfinder. Uh, we ended up doing a one-shot of a, vein, of a game called Vazen, I believe. Is the Vazen? Vazen? Vazen. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's coined as a Nordic horror role-playing game. So it takes place in, I believe, the 1800s. Okay. Um, so the 19th century. I always try to get those two mixed yeah, up. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, you're, you, you're in the... Uh, Scandinavian countries, and uh, there's a bunch of different roles you can play, but basically you can see supernatural stuff that others can't. You kind of have the gift of the sight. And oh, okay. So you, but you're investigating, so there's some investigation, horror stuff. Um has a really cool mechanic where it's all D6-based, mm-hmm. and it's not um, really the, the total that you're rolling. It's uh, really you just have to roll a 6 to pass, and okay. then... To get better at your skills and stuff like that, it, you get more dice to throw. So and you then you get more successes, potentially. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can still throw, like, eight dice and get none. Sure. Or you can roll two and get two. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a neat mechanic. And uh, uh, our Game Master, Nathan, uh, uh, it was actually his own uh, one-shot that he had written. And uh, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I really liked it, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, we found out that we have, uh, dampness in our basement. Um, it's never good. Yeah. So luckily it's only on one half of the house, uh, but, uh, it's still going to be a mess. So we've got to move everything kind of out of most of the rooms in that part of the house. So my gaming space is kind of being taken over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been moving stuff around there. Uh, finally got organizing on my 3d printers because, I also bought a second Saturn printer because I have Elgu a problem. Elgu Saturn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said you have a problem? I have a problem. Well, I mean... I mean, I, I, I'm using them. It yeah, just, you're, yeah, you're not I feel just, like I'm starting to collect them now. Well, you know, <laughs> but it's uh, you're you're using them for, uh, you know, you're doing production for all kinds of different things, not just for personal projects. Either, right. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of... In fact, I keep forgetting to do my personal projects, so... 
Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I'll, I'll get back to that. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, lots of printing. Um, but it's fu- it's fun to see uh, other projects that people find and, and get to print. So oh yeah, yeah. No, I've been seeing on um the like the subreddit and the different the two different Facebook groups for Rain and Hell, the game that Vince and I made. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of people printing all kinds of stuff, you know, for their cabals, the, the different types of demons and things like that. And it's astounding the amount of stuff that's out there and, and people's creativity and what they're producing. It's, it's yeah. really, really super cool. Yeah, I've got some transparent red uh, that I'm going to be using. In resin? Resin mm-hmm. for, for my reign at hell. That would uh, be very cool. Demons. Yeah. So that we'll see how that comes out. Yeah, I think that'd be very cool. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Um, let's see. Well, I I actually played a game with a person in person. <gasps> I know it was weird. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Sam Lenz and I uh, we got together. Sam Lenz, uh, painter extraordinaire. Uh, mm. uh, you know him. Um, uh, you people out in the audience may know him if you've seen him uh, on on my YouTube channel. But he's got his own YouTube channel now as well. And uh, Twitch kind of and stuff. Yeah, everything, well, he yeah. hasn't been doing Twitch for a while because oh, right. he doesn't have good internet currently. But he hopes to be getting back to it soon because he looks like he's going to be moving this summer. So yeah, um, so yeah, he's been off Twitch for about a year, but uh, soon to be returning. Anyway, we got together and played Warcry, uh, which was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, we used his terrain, and we were originally going to play at the local shop, and then it turned out because it was the day after Fourth of July, it was closed, which we did not expect, but there it was. So mm. then we went to my studio um, and played there, and nice. I happened to have a table that was just barely big enough, so that was helpful. I mean, I've got my four by six table for battle reports and stuff like that, right. but it is currently covered in photographic shenanigans, <laughs> like all the kind of fancier photos I've been taking lately of miniatures with like you know backgrounds and stuff and all kinds of terrain and all that. That's all on that table because okay. I haven't done any battle reports in quite some time because COVID. So, um, yeah, so we just played on that smaller table, and it was fine. Because that's nice. one of the nice things about Warcry is that it's something you can play on a really... I mean, it's a 22 by 30-inch board. It's, oh, yeah, it's that's nice not thing, bad at all. You know? that's yeah. So it worked great. Yeah. Um, I did not win, but it's okay. We still had a fun time. Um, I ran my... Uh, I ran my Skaven Plague Monks, the, the 13, as they are known. And he ran the... Untamed Beasts, which is one of the specific uh, like Warcry factions okay. that you can get, and um, yeah, but I, hopefully we'll do a rematch soon. I'm looking forward nice. to it. So, did you like plan to have the 13, or just magically happened that way? Like, did you see? Did it, you, was that like that I'm was not get, my plan? Okay. I was like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I've got a whole bunch of these plague monks, yep. and so I'll just do a very simple list because I had a whole bunch of them already built for other reasons, right? Age of Sigmar mainly. So I had a whole bunch of them that already had the little stabby uh, knives okay. and the woe stab. So I was like, well, I'll just do all of them that way. Mm-hmm. And then they just have one leader who's the guy holding the book. And so then I started doing the numbers and looking it up. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, it's 1,000 points almost, or 955 or 995 or 990 or something like that. Okay. It's very close to 1,000 points. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, eh, it's 13 models. And I was like, 13 models. I wonder if it wasn't something that um, the designers decided Ooh. to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. How deep does this onion go? I don't know if that's actually. I don't know if that's actually, if that's an actual term. <laughs> if um, not, it's going to be now. It's going to be now. There you go. So yeah, did that. That was fun. And otherwise, in regular hobby stuff, I started painting uh, one of my space weirdos groups. Space weirdos is a a fun little mini agnostic, tiny little um, sixteen page uh, PDF sci fi skirmish game uh, made by Garski Games. 
and uh, I've been enjoying reading it, and uh, I mean, it didn't take real long, it's 16 pages. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward, I'm building a couple of groups for it uh, so that I can maybe even do some battle reports and stuff. So I took some Necromunda models, predominantly House Deloc, or possibly Delacue, I don't know, it depends on who you talk to. But um, took a bunch of those models, kind of give them different heads, slightly different weapons here and there, that kind of stuff. Okay. And I'm in the process of painting them. I'm not, it's not blowing me up yet. I'm not absolutely looking at these paint jobs and going, I'm really in love with it. There's something hmm. not quite there yet, and I haven't been able to figure it out. So I'm going to have to try to fix that. Or, I mean, I could strip it and start over, but I kind of don't want to because yeah. it's a lot of work. I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, I could just prime over the top again. It's not like I've been putting on thick paints. It's been predominantly washes and contrasts and stuff yeah. like that, and they're pretty thin, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I will hopefully be able to pull that out of the fire, as it were. And then I'm working on, and I haven't finished building yet, but I'm working on a group of, um, they're from the new Games Workshop Dominion box, which was the new Age of Sigmar launch box, and um, there's a group of these weird little, like, they're called hobgrots. They're like hobgoblin grots. They're, okay. I don't know. They're like not orcs. They're not grots. They're kind of in between, and nice. um, they're weird looking. And so I gave a bunch of them guns, even though they were just supposed to have spears and, and swords. <laughs> but I'm um, going to use them for um, uh, space weirdos and such. So yeah, I'm right now I'm trying to figure out how to finish them up model wise, and then I'll start painting them, which I'm I'm looking forward to. Very nice. I don't know what color I'm going to go with their skin tones. Like they're kind of a yellowy sort of color. Hmm. in the game in Age of Sigmar but I was thinking I don't want to go green because it's a little too orky right I don't know I was thinking Purple, maybe blue Ooh, I was thinking like a little blue maybe like but my other guys blue. are kind of blue too like their outfits are not their skins you don't really see in their skins I would I'm do not like sure. a light blue like almost like a Robins or a Sky or yeah 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 I'm not sure um I don't mind purple I think that'd be kind of fun too mm. So, yeah, and then otherwise I've just been working on some terrain projects. I've got some 3D printed buildings, uh, some that I got from um, Imperial Terrain a long time ago, had them print, uh, that are going to be for Star Wars Legion, and so I've been working on those a little bit here and there. And then I've got you printing me some stuff yep. from an offshoot of Imperial Terrain, which is a company called, well, I don't know if it's a company, but it's at least a website called uh, terrainmachine.com. And it's an it's a neat website where you can just kind of go in and like build your own terrain, like it's you know it makes like a let's say let's say you want a square building, okay yeah. cool. Then you go through and you can pick each wall, and you can move even some components around it, and it's all happening in a browser. It's not a piece of you know programming. Yeah, it's like Hero Forge for terrain. A little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's right now they have basically like one kind of set that's very kind of Tatooine sort of moss mm -hmm. They've got one that you could kind of technically use for Necromunda, and they have another one that's just sort of a little bit generic sci-fi, which okay. is what I did. Yep. Um, and then, um, so you basically kind of build everything, you spin it all around, it's all 3D, and you do all this stuff, and you're like, cool. And then you save it, and they produce it as a uh, STL file. Mm -hmm. And then you pay them, depending on the size of the building. So, like, I think, you know, a building might cost anywhere from 3 to $4 as much as maybe is, I think, 12 max. But then okay. you can print it because now you've got the STL. You can print it as many times as you yeah, want. Yeah, and it does a bunch of different uh, STLs. So it's all broken up already, pieced out. And yeah. they print up really nice, I have to say. Like, yeah, yeah. No, the first I, one you brought was it worked really like well. Like, I did not have to do really anything to get them ready to print. So the prep work was nice. Which yeah, yeah. Is not always the case, but uh, yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah, so I'll use those buildings for Space Weirdos, Stargrave, stuff like that. 
Um, they're not particularly Star Warsy. I could technically work them into some sort of a Star Wars Legion sort of situation, yeah. but I've got enough Star Wars Legion buildings right now. I don't think I need any more. It could always be a planet nobody's seen. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much what I've got going on with um, with my hobby. Nice. So we got a lot of comments from the last episode, we, uh, which was really nice on YouTube. Yeah, and it was awesome. It seemed like there was some good discussion. I saw even some back and forth. And mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so those of you that haven't listened to the last episode, it was basically about um, like how, like what kind of uh, tabletop games would we like to see from movies and TV. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people have opinions about that, which is very cool, and we like that kind of stuff. So we've kind of decided to sort of spread it out a little bit. Now, this one's not the same as last week. What we're doing this right. week is we're talking instead about what kind of games, tabletop games, we'd like to see made from other tabletop games, generally like swapping genres and right. things like that. Yeah, like mashing them up. Yeah. yeah. And then next week, or next week, next episode, we're going to probably talk about tabletop games made from... Books and comics. Books and comics, yeah. So it's kind of like a three-part series of like, we'd like to see games made out of X. And then, you know... That way we get all the royalty rights. Exactly. If you're a big, big-time big fancy designer out there, um, you know, hit us up. Uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah. But some examples of games that have been already done in this for- fashion. I mean, you you were talking about that new Magic the Gathering Forgotten yeah, the, Realms the, thing. Yeah, the Forgotten Realms expansion that's coming out, uh, I believe, next Friday or... Mm-hmm. So, depending on when you listen to this. Um, but, yeah, they and they've got a lot of... like They're, they're going way back on some stuff, like, mm-hmm. to, you know, D&D 1 and... And stuff so yeah lots of fun stuff there like I, it's i've got some uh, magic friends that have been sending me cards like oh hey check this one out and stuff like yeah that, so i mean wizards has been doing a lot of kind of crossover stuff with magic lately they're also i don't know if it's out currently but i know there was a 40k kind of crossover like mm-hmm. warhammer 40k thing there was a godzilla crossover within magic there was also walking dead walking dead yeah yep. and probably some other things that i haven't heard of as a not real magic player or anything like that but Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, other examples, speaking of magic as well, um, Wizards of the Coast did a board, kind of board game, miniatures game, sort of a gateway game, as I like to call it, um, called Arena of the Planeswalkers. And there were several, um, what do you call it? There were like a bunch of expansions as well. And they were pre-paints. So you got, you know, your miniatures and everything in there in the game, but they were pre-painted, like kind of like the hero clicks sort of stuff, you know, not great paint jobs or anything like that, but it worked out relatively well. Um, and that game, like I said, it was it was inexpensive and it sold relatively well, mm-hmm. uh, I think. I saw it at a lot of different shops and stuff like that. So um, that's another kind of uh, crossover. And then another one that I know a lot of people are starting to like, I think it's Cubicle 7 is the name of the company that okay. makes it, but it's called Soulbound, and it's basically an RPG based off of um, Warhammer Age of Sigmar, which is oh, the nice. fantasy version of, um, of uh, you know, the fantasy version of the Warhammer stuff. Sure. So, yeah, um, I know several people who play that and enjoy it, and um, I think they've made not, like, tons and tons of extra books for it yet, which is sort of surprising. Well, it's not Games Workshop, that's why. Uh, technically, it's somebody else. But, yeah, the idea is a pretty thick book from what I've seen. So uh, if you're into that whole thing, you know, if you're into the, the Age of Sigmar type lore and things like that, then you can definitely, it'd be. I think it would be a, a cool thing. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about some ideas we've got about games we'd like to see from, go, you know, basically move from one genre to another. Uh, what's your first one? What would you like to see? Um, the first one is going to be um, Spelljammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, yeah, yeah, I'm a 
addicted to Spelljammer. Yeah. But Spelljammer is like a board game. Um, I'm thinking like the Firefly game that was. Uh, it oh, was, Gale Force Nine, I think, made that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was really fun. Um, so I'm thinking kind of like that, but with the you know the fantasy elements, um, mm-hmm. and where you can kind of even level up your character, your captain, and stuff like that. You know, rather than you know always having to get new crew, but you could, you know, kind of level up in that way. But also kind of yeah, that exploring. Spelljammer was for those that don't know was D like space. in space basically. Yep. Yeah, it was basically like you had these ships, like they looked like sailing ships, but mm-hmm. they were run by like wizards. Yeah, magic. They, they had a magical bubble and yeah, and they would fly around in space and go places and such. I'm right. Yeah. yeah, and you could do everything from just you know cargo runs to like being like a full out pirate and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trying to take over other ships. Or oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing it. You know, and I never played it, but I remember seeing it in shops all the time and stuff like that. And like the cover. It was always just like a bunch of people like on an old wooden type mm-hmm. of boat with a bunch of extra weird shenanigans going on and then, you know, space just around them and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it was, it's still my favorite um, S- SSI uh, that made the uh, D&D uh, video games. Oh, yeah, games. Like the add-ons and stuff like that, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was my favorite by far. I, mm-hmm. I played that a lot. But yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking a board game would probably be pretty easy with, with that kind of, you know... Yeah, I mean, like, especially, you know, because the, the, the Firefly board game, I don't know if it was crazy popular, but it seemed oh, like yeah. it, was it? It was, pretty, it was pretty popular, and there was tons of expansions, so, like, the ones yeah, that there played was a lot of were... Expansions. So that, yeah, you're right. If there's a bunch well. of expansions, generally, that means that it sold well. They don't usually expand stuff that doesn't sell. Um, that's a good point. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that something like that could be kind of cool, certainly. Um, you know, and board game, well, do you think that board games are more uh, positively impacted by licensing than, say, like, RPGs, miniatures, that kind of stuff? Uh, I like, think I've so. seen a lot more board games based off of TV shows and things like that and, and movies and stuff, I think. You know, like Battlestar Galactica and, like, that did yeah. really well. And, and, I think you know, now they are. Um, yeah. I think before it was almost like a complete, like, Right off, like you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm probably oh, going to buy that licensed. game. Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah, well, Dune, I mean, but that was a book, but still, Dune was super popular, and it's actually right now very popular because right. the movie's going to be coming out, and some new uh, Dune games have come out. I know I was, yep. I was looking at the Board Game Geek uh, top 50, you know, the hotness, as they call it, the uh, the the list, and I think a couple of the Dune games that are that are coming out right now are on the top of the list. Mm-hmm. So um, that's very cool. Um, yeah, no, I think a Spelljammer uh, board game, I think it'd be kind of cool. That would be, uh, yeah, because yeah. especially because it would bring in the people who remember the old game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the theme itself, even for people who don't remember the old game, would probably be attractive to folks right. who are yeah, like, you're oh, like, this is cool. Pirates fantasy, in space. Fantasy, fantasy pirates, pirates in space. space yeah. yeah, no, that'd be, that'd be pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, so I was thinking, okay, um, a, and I'm going to probably say this a lot, but a, a tabletop miniatures game version of, <gasps> I'm a big you know, miniatures fan, <laughs> uh, a tabletop miniatures game version of the board game Scythe, Ooh, I think, would be mm-hmm. pretty cool. Because Scythe just, I mean, it's this kind of alternate sort of history, like vaguely, like very early, like pre-Soviet, right? Like kind of czar. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like, you know, pseudo-Eastern European, Russian, yeah, like, whatever. Right. It's not really steampunky. Steam yeah, it's a little. I a mean, little you got bit, these big mechs, and then you got people farming next to them. You know right, what I mean? True. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a cool vibe. That's yeah. I could definitely, like, right now there's this kind of movement in, there's a bunch of different movements in uh, when you get into the deep geekery behind. Um, different uh, 
you know, people who like to make miniatures and like mm-hmm. to produce mini- like kit bash stuff and, and paint things. Um, one of the big popular ones is called Inquisition 28 or Ink 28, mm. I-N-Q. And that is people who um, love to kitbash and make things that are based vaguely off of Games Workshop's sort of IP of like the Inquisition game from the early 2000s. Okay. So the Inquisition game was a small-scale skirmish game of Inquisitors and their retinues fighting whatever. Okay. Um, it was wildly not particularly popular because it was first of all it was 54 millimeter which is a very squirrely mm-hmm. size um you need new terrain for everything and these models are a lot bigger and all this kind of junk that's a weird thing also it kind of was a miniature game that sort of required a dm okay which is also a little weird yeah yeah, yeah. um so what has happened in the years since is that people are just like it was a cool concept we're just going to try to fix it and we're just mm-hmm. going to make it so you, you've got a decent game set and it's also 28 millimeter and so it's people who make these amazing looking almost kind of John Blanche who was one of the artists for Games Workshop at the time who did okay. these crazy almost frenetic kind of drawings uh, and a lot of warm tones and so people make these models that are very mm. interesting and cool all that to say there's another uh, kind of thing out there, another movement out there called Turnip 28. Okay. Which is basically like you take um, like Napoleonic or that kind of era mm-hmm. models and you sometimes give them slightly fancier guns. Okay. And then you kind of grunge them up. Or you're doing a lot of kind of like uh, enamel washes and stuff like that. So you get these kind of grungy looks and things. And mm-hmm. very frequently, and I don't quite understand why, you also have like literally like reeds and bushes and grasses like like they've been stuffing their armor with it and it's sticking oh. out the edges they're not like scarecrows right or? they're not technically scarecrows but they kind of look like scarecrows from okay. a distance maybe they're using it for camouflage or maybe they're just like well i need extra padding inside my armor so i'm just gonna stuff yes. a bunch of reeds in there i don't know but it just seems to be this modeling thing you can find it just type in turnip 28 into yeah. uh, uh, instagram and you're going to find a whole bunch of examples of what i'm talking about and there are different people out there who are making now like rule sets that are like, here's a free rule set if you want to play Turnip 28 and actually have a use for these models you keep making. <laughs> so that type of thing to me is the ground troops and then weird, dirty, uh, steampunky mechs mm. are the rest of it. And then boom, there's your scythe um, miniatures game. I knew I was going to get it back around to it. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I figured you were. So. Uh, sometimes I do. Um, but yeah, I think that would be kind of cool. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit more DIY. Like, a company is probably not going to sell you, here's a bunch of miniatures and here's a bunch of weird grass. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. do you, I mean, obviously, you can buy weird grass to put on the bases of your miniatures, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept, I think. And Scythe has got a lot more going on in its story and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And it's also a pretty popular board game still. Yep. It's been out for, what, four years now? Maybe more? Oh, easily more. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of a cool thing for them to make a miniatures game uh, or to just make a rule set and then make, let us make our own miniatures. That'd mm. be kind of cool, too. What yep. you got next? Okay. So, this one, uh, there's, a, there's a few games out there. Uh, uh, the Unseen, I believe, is one. Uh, but I figured I'd throw Captain Sonar in as, as kind of the, uh, the more, more well-known. More, yeah, the more marketable one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically an RPG uh, where you are, your group is, um, are all in a, like, say, World War II era sub. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to work together to do your missions and everything else. Uh, but basically trying to get that, like, claustrophobic feel, teamwork, mm-hmm. um, and trying to figure out missions and stuff like that. Like, where you're, you know, 
in a sub. Do you think that it would be one of those, and this is more of an indie thing again, but you know how like um, like one-off RPGs are pretty popular amongst the right, indie Right, yeah, crowd. it might would be. Would this be that, or do you think it would be, I mean, you could do a campaign. You could do a campaign. You know, I mean, like, you would be basically getting, um, yeah, it would be interesting because you'd be getting probably orders from like higher-ups to say, right. and, yeah, and, know, and maybe go there's, here and do and this. Maybe there's some assaulting, you've got to, you know, Try to break into a base. I know, like the uh, the unseen game I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're trying to go against another sub and and basically uh, uh, sabotage their base, their sub their sub base. So you know you're trying to sneak in, blow yeah. up their uh, you know gasoline, your their fuel reserves and stuff like that. Fuel so. depot, yep, and such. Yeah, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think that would be kind of interesting. I'd like to see, like it, again, whether it would be more of a, an indie style, like one-off mm-hmm. RPG, which I think those are a lot of fun, especially like if you're like, if your group is just like, Ugh, we've been just doing this Pathfinder for so long, and we just want to take a quick mm-hmm. break, and like doing a one-off once in a while is a lot of fun. There was a great one-off that I enjoyed called uh, Battle Among the Stars or something like that. It's three sixteen something. I'm I can't remember the name now. I can picture the book. It was like one of those books that instead of being tall, it was like long, you know what I mean? Like a, like almost oh. like a landscape instead of a yeah, portrait like, mode uh, type of book. But it was an indie game book and it was about basically going to other planets and then meeting hmm. interesting aliens and then killing them. Uh, and <laughs> it, it was, again, like I said, it was predominantly a one-off kind of uh, game. Nice. But it was a lot of fun, though. Um, and so, yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be, um, that'd be pretty cool. And Captain Sonar is a board game that... You're competing against another team. It's more, it's... I mean, it's for, like a like a cooperative sort of thing, right? It's four against usually four against four. You can play, I believe, as low as two against two, but mm-hmm. normally it's really only real fun at four versus four. Sure, which makes it kind of almost a party game because you need eight people. But mm-hmm. yeah, and it's basically like you telling, like it's almost like a game of telephone in some situations, isn't it? Yeah, there's some telephone, and there's you're trying to to, to like one guy, the radio guy, is trying to listen. In on the other team to try to figure out where they're at. Yeah, and yeah. You're trying to, yeah. yeah. One guy's just trying to keep the ship from falling apart. And yeah. Is it, have you ever played The Captain is Dead? Uh, I have not. Okay. I know what you're talking about. I didn't know if that was the same type of thing. I don't, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, let's see here. So um, another uh, tabletop miniatures game version of a game that I would like to see, uh, strangely enough. Okay. Um is based probably off of the Root slash Oath uh, board games, like the f- stuff from Leader Games. Mm, yeah. Um, so Leader Games has made, they first, I think one of the first games they made was called Vast. Yep. Um, and, AKA the Crystal Caverns, I think. They may have had to change the name at one point because there was some sort of issue. I think it originally was just going to be called the Crystal Caverns, but then they had to change it to Vast, or I forget, the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, this kind of interesting game where you're playing, like, one person's playing the knight, one person's playing the goblins, one person's actually playing the the caverns, the dungeon, you know, like, and it's it's an interesting mm-hmm. game based off of that. And then the artwork, I absolutely love the artwork uh, by a guy named uh, Kyle Farron. Uh, it's just spectacular stuff. I've always been a big fan of his work. And he's been continuing to work with this company, and then they made a game called Root, which was pretty wildly popular in the board game world. And it's yep. basically kind of like a, it's like a war game, kind of like a risk almost type of thing where you've got like a large map mm-hmm. and it's not like direct combat, but it's like the mice versus the cats right. versus the crows. Woodland creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And um, again, like really super cool artwork. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, I don't want to say it's cute. It is cute. It's it's adorable. It's great. But it's also really, really well done and really interesting. Right. It's not cute. It's cute and vicious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think a minis game based off of that. Yeah, actual, just the like, minis themselves would be. Oh fun. yeah, yeah. Like like mini like actual three dimensional miniatures based off of Kyle's work. I think would be spectacular, and I would want to buy them and paint them. And then like a, a cool skirmish game kind of thing. Um, you know, yeah. like um, fights out in the woods and stuff like that. Like you know, small parties mm-hmm. fighting against each other. I think that would be spectacular. Um, the new one, the new game is called Oath, and it's also quite good. I got to cough. <coughs> and so yeah, I'm. Uh, I think that would be very cool. And I, I I mean, I'd like to say, gosh, I hope that uh, you know, they've already started on it. I, uh, I doubt if they would. It's kind of a big undertaking. Yeah. But I do know that Kyle, because he and I have talked at Gen Con, mm-hmm. um, I know that he's a fan of miniatures. So mm-hmm. I don't know, he's, maybe, maybe he's teaching himself Blender or one of those other 3D programs oh. on the side. And then eventually they'll start making, I don't know, just make some STLs. That's, that's yep. all we want. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll buy them, you know. Yeah. That's so what that'd you be very to cool too. Yeah, absolutely. What else you got? All right. So this one uh, I was thinking was uh, the game uh, King of Tokyo, uh, which is a board game where basically big monsters like Godzilla type Kong, mm-hmm. King Kong, kaiju. Yeah, all these are fighting against each other, but uh, as a CCG. So oh, okay, sure. you could uh, you know collect them, and then you know if you, they work with. Um, Whoever owns King Kong and Godzilla rights now. And mm, Universal? No. I don't remember who. Yeah. yeah. I know but about. I think you could, I mean, you could easily get the property r- rights for that, I would think, for a game. Maybe not, but. Well, easily is maybe a strong term. Mm. I mean, like, you could. You could. With enough money, which right. is not the easy part, unfortunately. But, but then yeah. you, I think you could make some money, and, and then you've got all, you know, you've got Mothra, you got. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think there'd be a lot of fun ones to collect. And well, they don't use Godzilla and King Kong directly in King of Tokyo, do they? No, no, they're they all do playoffs. Use Cthulhu, don't they? Yes, but Cthulhu because Cthulhu is, uh, is open, like uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's public domain now. Pub- I, I would yep. assume. Um, yeah, but they they have like a Kong looking character, and right? So I mean, yeah, so they looking, could still kind of do that, but I think marketing wise, if they were able to use the actual properties, it would be even crazier. But well, I mean, if they did a King of Tokyo game that was it was just regular King of Tokyo like board game, but it was all Mothra, Godzilla, Kong. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool too. But to do it as a as a CCG, I think yeah, yeah, with I your could, scenario, yeah, like you could have you know like maybe you know, your buildings or scenarios or. Do you think it would be a deck builder game, or do you think it would be something more along the lines of uh, Keyforge, where you're not really building the deck? Oh no, I think a deck builder okay. would be okay. That way you could be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna mine's all this based or yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm still not. I'm still not the biggest fan of deck building. Yeah. but you know, I could see it. I could. I could understand. On that. the quest of, uh, you know, on the quest of printing money. Um, right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Deck builders are, are, are seem to be the the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see here. I am thinking that. Uh, this is interesting. Okay. This is me not starting the sentence with a tabletop miniatures game version <laughs> of. Yeah, uh, I'm actually thinking that a a dice combat game based off of Warhammer 40k would be very cool uh, okay. because Lord knows Games Workshop does like to make dice. Like they do. Every yes. time a new thing comes out, they're like, oh, here's a dice set for it. It's $27. I think that's like the only that. reason why they keep orcs around is because of all the dice they sell. Yeah, there are a lot of dice when you're playing orcs. That's true. Um, <laughs> so when I say a dice combat game, there have been other games out there like that as well where it's basically like 
And sometimes it's a collect... Well, I don't know. There have been collectible dice games in the past yeah. where you don't know what you're going to get in the pack. Right. I think that's... Blah. I'm thinking more along the lines of like a... To some degree, a deck building game, but you'd be building it with dice. So let's say you're mm. going to have, okay, this box is an Imperial Guard box, and it has these dice in it, and you know that. And then you okay. can mix that along with maybe these, um, I don't know, uh, Space Marines or whatever, yep. you know, and they can fight together because they're allies. Whereas maybe on the other hand, you've got, um, I don't know, uh, let's say Dark Eldar and whatever they're called now these days, Drakari, I think, and uh, the Eldari, which are the regular Eldar, yep. the non-Dark Eldar. Um, and then they get to be, or whatever, you know, or you just, it could be even as more granular down to the fact where you're like, okay, this is, um, like, these are Primaris Marines and these are, this is an apothecary and like, you know, that kind of thing where you're yeah. building like a group and... Yeah, maybe you, you buy the whole faction and then as you're playing, you get to kind of level up and bring in other troops or... Yeah, I mean, there could be a lot of different things you could do there. Um, there was an, there was another dice company, there was a dice game, was it based off of like DC or Marvel or one of those a couple years back? Yep. I can't remember that uh, off yeah. the top of my head. Uh, dice something. Mm-hmm. Yep, that one. Yeah, I can't think of it either. But uh, Was anyway, it just called Dice Builders. Yeah, maybe. It's kind of a dull name, really. I wonder how many people are yelling at us right Probably now. Probably a, 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 a number. Certainly a number. <laughs> this will generate comments. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> not the intention, honestly, no. but uh, it, it does happen. So, yeah, I don't know. It's. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool to to go down that road and to have the ability to be able to do like you know because it would allow you to have like sort of like fights and combat along mm -hmm. the world you know along in the lines of the world of 40k but you're like yeah but i don't have to paint all these dice you know what i mean right. so that's a benefit Ooh, for people paint who your are, own dice who are not into that what? you could certainly paint your own dice if you want to <laughs> i would think they would ship pretty badly in most i mean it depends on what right. you put but on but then you just sell more paint and yeah oh yeah no that's yeah, a, you, you are a marketer <laughs> um yeah so i think that'd be a lot of fun honestly uh i don't know i would like to play that i i don't know i the only issue, like, I would try to design my own dice game like that, but the problem is is that the dice are very expensive to produce, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I think as 3D printing gets better, dice will be easier to produce. It's not quite there, yeah, but, it's, I mean, but, some, but Lord knows it's better now than it was five years ago, so... A, a, a person who, uh, a fan of, um, of Rain and Hell produced an STL file with both six-siders... That had the symbol yeah. uh, on the uh, six and also twelve siders mm -hmm. uh, that were an STL file you could print and download if you or download and then and print obviously. Uh, but yeah, that I thought that was cool. Um, I don't know how balance right. Yeah. yeah, you know that kind of stuff. That would be interesting to check out. But um, but yeah, I think it's very cool that you can kind of get into that road. I've seen people who are like making resin like RPG dice, mm -hmm. you know, like so that they can pull put cool colors yes. in there or glitter or whatever, that I'm, kind of stuff. I'm pretty sure Tinkercad has every dice shape up to D twenty. Oh, that would make sense. I would so. think that would be a those would be good primitives to keep into a program or a, a system like like Tinkercad. It makes a lot yeah. of sense. Um what do you got next? All right, this one I'll I'll have probably everyone's gonna look look at their uh their listing device the same way you looked at me when I, I brought this up earlier. I was confused. Yes. It, okay, so it's Flux, mm -hmm. the RPG. Right. So I'm thinking... So uh, now if you're not... So Flux, the, the game from Looney Labs, mm -hmm. where you basically just have like a bunch of weird cards 
and the rules are constantly changing. Basically, what you're playing changes the rules, and so suddenly you could be losing, and then you play the right card and you win. That's why they call it flux. Right, or yeah. you could be winning and suddenly lose, or you could just, like, the game never ends, and it's just kind of weird and crazy. But, like, the cards are, like, stuff like chocolate chip cookie or, like, well, no, not even that. Like, yeah. chocolate chip cookie is one of the win conditions where you have both, I think, cookies and chocolate in your hand yeah, right. and not milk or something like right. that. You know, yeah. it's a lot of things like that. Like, the, like currently you have to have... Because the way Flux works is that you have a, a card that says this is the new rule, yep. and then there's a new win condition. Right. And then those can change constantly because people can lay down new rule, mm-hmm. new win condition. And the rules might be stuff like... Okay, at the beginning of every turn, you have to take two cards and then get rid of one, you know, right. or that kind of stuff. And then next thing, all of a sudden, someone changes it. Now it's um, take one card, get rid of one, or three right. cards, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like or that. like a, yeah, each person takes two turns in a row, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. So yeah, that's 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 the reason. But the, there's not really a story now. There are a whole bunch of licensed fluxes. Oh yeah, there's tons Zillions. out there. Like, not and, quite as many as Munchkin. And then there's like yeah, the physics, uh, physics chemistry one is a really good one for oh, really? learning chemistry because oh. it's all about chemical bonds. You're like. Oh, I have to, you know, to win, you have to make water. Sure. Well, then I need hydrogen and two oxygen cards. I just usually have to drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But, okay, so so I'm thinking Flux takes place in kind of a world like maybe the uh, Large Hadron Collider. Mm-hmm. Things didn't go so well, and it mm-hmm. threw off all the rules of physics. Mm-hmm. So uh, things are always changing, and maybe, maybe you're scientists that are also trying to, you know, you work for world governments that are also trying to take advantage of this and changing the rules of physics. And so everything's in flux. Sure. Hence the name. Hence the name. As you're playing and the rules are of how the world works changes and, you know, maybe, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that'd be, it would be interesting to see uh, an RPG where not only the story changes, but also even some of the mechanics right. change sort of. I don't want to say randomly, but maybe a little randomly. Yeah. Or there'd be events that cause it to happen. Right. Or maybe at the start of every session, it, you know, you kind of roll, roll to see what the, what the <laughs> yeah, settings are at that. that. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Um, or, you know, maybe it's even just something that the, the, or, the GM kind of decides or something. Yeah, or begin to battle or, yeah, yeah, or per setting, campaign setting. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, there's a one-sixth of the gravity and, um, you know, uh, grass is poisonous. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of good then that you got less gravity. Right. Less likely to touch the grass. Right. Yeah, no, I, that's, um, yeah, no, I think that'd be kind of interesting. I, d- I definitely um, like the, the the concept of, I like the concept of an RPG that changes quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's probably not necessarily something that you're going to play as a full-blown, like, campaign. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Whenever I think campaign, I think friends of mine that have been playing the same D&D campaign for four years. Right. Or, or those, longer. The ones know? that we saw, like the Star Wars one, where they've been playing. Like, their great-grandfather started the game. And right. Yeah. No, there's a there's a relatively local group that, that, that uh, goes to um, local conventions, and they run a Star Wars um, RPG that's not based off of the current Star right. Wars RPG. It's based off of the original Star Wars RPG from West End Games. Yep. And um, but it's like a what do you call that? Not a procedural world, a persistent world. Mm-hmm. And they keep it all uh, like online to some degree. So like if you go to a convention, you went to a convention in 2016 and you played, just kind of hopped in. They gave you started a new character and you played right. with them for four hours or whatever on a Saturday afternoon at this convention. And then you went to another convention like next state over, same group. And you're like, oh yeah, I played like 
you know, four or five years ago with you guys, and then they're like, oh, well, hang on, and they'll just bring up your character because right. they have it all in a database that they have access to uh, via the internet, I'm assuming. And yeah, there are people in that game who've been playing for at least 10 years, if not longer. Oh, yeah. Maybe 15. Well, gosh, geez, it's 2021. Right. They were coming to the convention that I used to run that I started in 2001. They may have been at the first or second one of those conventions okay. that I used to run. So yeah, they've been around for a good long time. Um, and that's cool. I mean, it's it's very interesting. But uh, yeah, I'm I am probably of the I'm more of the like I would like to play a one off, please. I right. think a little bit. That's just me though. Uh, speaking of which, I am not going to start this sentence with a tabletop miniatures game version of. Mm, okay, you know, it's weird. It's weird, uh, <clears throat> and it's actually an RPG. Ooh, I know. Uh, I would like to see an RPG based off of Stargrave which is the new um, skirmish game published by Osprey Games, written by um, Joseph McCullough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joseph McCullough, writer of Frostgrave, which Mm -hmm. was wildly popular from uh, Osprey and has, uh, it's going into its second edition. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, so the concept of, so the concept of Frostgrave was basically there was this city and it was really cool and there was tons of magicians who lived there, wizards, whatever. And something went wrong, either by accident or on purpose, and the entire city was covered in ice for a thousand years. And now the ice is starting to melt, so you and your band of treasure hunters are going into the city to try to find cool stuff and not be killed by skeletons and and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the concept behind um, Frostgrave. Stargrave, which is basically, some people will say it's just sci-fi Frostgrave, but it's not. I think there's been some rules changes and some differences. And then, of course, there's the overall story. In Stargrave, uh, it's like the, the, the galaxy didn't get frozen for a thousand years. That's not how that what? works. What? No, exactly. Uh, what happens, actually, is there's been this very long, long war that's happened for okay. a very long time, and it is now done, and everybody lost, basically. <laughs> so... Um, there are the results are in it. Everybody lost. Yeah, there are literally like no governments. Anytime okay. anyone tries to get anything together that starts to become a little bigger than a group of more, you know, a few people or whatever, um, pilots, uh, pirates, and warlords come in and are like, "Yeah, well, we're going to squish that." And then they just so there's no new governments. There's no new big like forces. There's no okay. new big coalitions because every time it starts to happen. Um, space pirates come in and squash everybody, and then uh, you know there you go. So it is a it's nearly a post-apocalyptic game, but sci-fi because it's hmm. kind of it's it, they, I forget what exactly the term is, but it's like the it's um you know battles in the remnants of the wasted galaxy or something like that okay. you know, and so basically in that game, and again this is a miniature skirmish game, but you have a crew. That's what your group is called. Mm-hmm. And there's a captain, there's a first mate, and then the rest of your people are our crew. Okay. Um, and uh, so it's, it, you think Firefly a little bit. If mm-hmm. you want to go down that road, you totally can. Uh, the first group that I'm building for Stargrave are a little Firefly-ish. Like, basically the They're leader leader well. is a veteran. So, you know, because yep. Mal was a veteran. Now, my um, first mate is a rogue, so not like Zoe or Zoe. Right. Yeah, you know, because she was also a veteran in that situation. Yep. But so, yeah, so the first is more like a, a rogue, and then I've got, like, a robot, and I've got some recruits and a medic and some other stuff. And okay. Whatever. So, but you, you kind of build it that way, and I'm, you know, and, and then as you play it, you, it's best to be played as a campaign game. Mm-hmm. So you're playing, and then you're, like, you know, playing multiple missions put together or whatever, and then things happen, and people get upgraded and stuff like that in between missions and such. 
which has got a very RPG feel to me in general anyway. Yeah. And to honestly just make a RPG version of that game, I think, would be very interesting. Yeah, I don't like remember if they made an RPG version of Frostgrave. If I've, it did, it flew under my radar. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think it would be a smart idea for them to make some sort of RPG, even if it was just like a like a five like a five e you know like a fifth edition or something like that or something. Right. You know, they could do something like that, and it could be really cool. Um, just because there's so many different possible stories that could be told about, like you know, yeah, just even a, people a, just kind of like skittering around amongst the red a one shot. Would, yeah, it would even yeah. be kind of cool just using that as a as a concept. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think that'd be a a, a very good idea, if, honestly, to make a, an RPG from. So yeah, nice. What else you got? All right, my last one mm-hmm. um, is uh, taking the board game Smash Up. Which, uh, seen it in stores, yeah. Yeah, which is basically uh, you're, you're, you're always combining two things. Okay. So you get like uh, like uh, dinosaur pirates. Okay. Or um, alien... Uh, monkeys. Monkeys, yeah, sure. or gnomes or something like okay. that. Like, so it's just a bunch of just a genre smashed together. Mm-hmm. Um, but then miniatures. So a miniature game, so... Uh, it would give you kind of a the ability to kit bash tons of different things or to kind of roll your own. Yeah. Um, so are you in the in the because I don't know much about the board game. Are it's it, basically just an area of control game. So okay, you're fighting so it's kind against, of a fighting game. Yeah. You've got your pirate. If I remember right, yeah. Versus your and different. Whatever, yeah, and the different robots. races have like a pro and a con, mm-hmm. but together they sometimes can be good pros and cons to kind of feed together sometimes they just don't work together you know sure yeah yeah, yeah. and then you know but i think it'd be well yeah kit bashing would be something um i don't know i think kit bashing is something that your your average kind of beginner getting into miniatures is not super into it right but if they could make them well if you could do like even like a hero forge type like where you could you know create your own minis off of it too where you're like okay i need what if they made uh, a magnetic you could like pop the top oh, off and put yeah another, you know so Kinda basically like, uh, like you got like what was that game? Bears and Babies or whatever? Yeah, Bears and Babies. Or um, I was thinking of the video game my kids played for a while. Um, Sky? Something. Skylanders, yeah. Skylanders, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, it would be kind of cool to be just be like, okay, I'm going to have uh, monkey pirates. And so you've got, like, a pirate upper part, you know, magnetized to a monkey lower part or right. whatever, you know. Um, and then you could either paint them or not or whatever, but that'd right. be kind of like cool. Like zombie ninjas and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be yeah. kind of a cool thing to do for a miniatures game. Yeah, I could see that. And it could probably be a good gateway game too, again, because if the models are already kind of like pre-built to some degree, like if they're a little bit more along the lines of like kind of the plastic that you're seeing from companies like I think that back, not, it wasn't an like area that. of control. I was thinking it wasn't an area of control, but it was a card game mm-hmm. that you basically were fighting against each other, if I, if yeah. I remember right. Okay. So... Oh, so it's like more of a card game. Okay, well, that's but, cool. But yeah, I could see that, definitely. Yeah, but turning into more of an area control and you're fighting skirmishes and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, what's my last one? Okay, now this one's going to sound a little weird. First of all, I'm starting off again with a tabletop miniatures game version. Woohoo, of it. it's back. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that, but uh, a miniatures tabletop... A tabletop miniatures game version of Gloomhaven. Now, mm-hmm. Gloomhaven comes across... It, it has miniatures already. Well, for the main characters, yes. Yes, for the main characters. But it's not really a game of... Um, I mean, it's not a miniatures game. It's it's a board game sort of hybrid RPG. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but I would like to see nicer models. The models are not bad, but they're not mm-hmm. great. I've painted some of them uh, for different projects and things like that, and they're meh. But I would like to see the lore, I think, expanded out into different factions. I mean, it could still be even like a dungeon crawl game, mm. maybe. Mm. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I'd almost like to see it be more like fighting in a village kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like a little bit less out of the dungeon, a little bit more, you know, mm. defending okay. a village, that kind of stuff. You know, sure. Having some actual terrain, that kind of stuff. But still using the lore from Gloomhaven, you know, and the mm-hmm. Red Guard and this and that and all that jazz. Because it's a really interesting world from what I know of it, which is not a ton, but the stuff that I've seen, I'm like, well, this is very cool. And I, I, it's a, I feel like it's a really interesting take on fantasy without going crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see that. And then also there'd just be like, because there's really not, com- I mean, there's combat in Gloomhaven, but it's not like, it's more like my guy goes into this room and then there's going to be some fighting going on. I would like to see it be a little bit more based off of range and distance. Oh, range and distance are the same thing. But, you know, I mean, like range and like facing maybe or, or, you know, that kind of stuff to make it more skirmishy combat. Right. You know, yeah. That kind of yeah. Thing. To take it from, yeah, the RPG range and stuff uh, to actual, yeah, like cover and yeah, yeah, yeah. three dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And three dimensionality would be also really super cool, I think, in that too. But making it a skirmish game. Um, you know, the game is popular enough that I think that it would probably pull in some folks. Mm-hmm. If you do it right, if you play your cards right, as the company who makes this, you also make it so there are nicer versions of the models that are already in the base game so that people could then just replace those kind of kind of slightly rubbery kind of models with little, but and then yeah, yeah. you know they could use them both in the skirmish game, but then they could also be like, Well, we're gonna play regular Gloomhaven? Cool, I'm gonna bring up my really cool looking Red Guard, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, Red Guard's from um Jaws of the Lion, I think. Um, okay. Yeah. And but anyway, that kind of stuff I think would be really cool. It'd be a lot of fun to be able to to work with in that world. I want to just see more fantasy games. And there's a bunch of them out there that I do already enjoy that are like skirmish. Like um, Relic Blade is one, mm-hmm. um, which is a really cool skirmish game that's nearly a completely one man band. Like the guy who wrote the game did all the artwork as well, including the illustrations that's and crazy. the 3D sculpting. Yeah. And he's done all the layout and all the stuff and blah, blah. I mean, he's just, yeah, Sean Sutter's his name. And he is a, uh, he's a renaissance monster is what he is right there. Yeah. Let yeah, yeah. poor guy sleep sometimes. I know, exactly. But yeah, it's a, it's a very cool game. And uh, they had a successful uh, Kickstarter sometime during the early part of the pandemic, I think. Nice. But yeah, so the models are cool and all that kind of stuff. But I would like to see other companies doing kind of skirmishy sort of um, miniature games. I think they're within a fantasy realm, and I think something like Gloomhaven uh, skirmish game would be cool. Yeah, so I like yeah. it. You got anything else? No, that was it from my list. Okay, cool. Um, well, there we go. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Game 4 Podcast. If you've got questions or comments and you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment below. If you're listening via your favorite podcast player or you just aren't into the whole YouTube comment section thing, then you can feel free to reach out to us via email at podcast at iamgame4.com. You can also keep up to date with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our website at www.iamgame4.com. That is www.iamgameforcom Thanks. 